0: Welcome to Big Sky Writer, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Whether you write novels, teach classes, or just tell your friends what you did last weekend, if you're a storyteller, this podcast is for you. Here's the host of Big Sky Writer, Clint Mori. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for dropping by to listen. A couple of months ago, my wife received a shared post on her Facebook page and it contained some fascinating information. It was about three men who served with distinction in a wartime setting prior to becoming media stars. They were Lee Marvin, Bob Keeshan, and Fred Rogers. Now, it used to be, if I read a good story on the Internet, I felt perfectly comfortable sharing it with others, but I've been burned several times with fake quotes, fake facts, and completely inaccurate stories, so... Hopefully I've learned my lesson. Now when I hear a good story or read a good quote or find some interesting facts, my first thought is to verify the information. And that's what I did in this case. I went into research mode. Now I have to admit I'm a history guy and I find research fun. So I began checking the details of the story. The source for the first two stories, and I always try to pay attention to the sources of stories claimed to be an interview between Lee Marvin and Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Okay, I'm dating myself. Well, Lee Marvin was a famous movie actor, and he was a Marine during World War II. In The Tonight Show interview, Marvin described how he had been wounded on Iwo Jima, earned a Bronze Star for his actions, but rather than focusing on himself, he told the story of another Marine on Iwo Jima that day, Sergeant Bob Keeshan, who had also received a bronze star for his heroic actions. Now, I knew that Lee Marvin had been in the military during World War II, but I didn't know anything about his actions on Iwo Jima or his winning a bronze star. So I began to learn about Lee Marvin. He was born February nineteenth, 1924, and what that means is he was 17 years old when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, He also had a rather sketchy, Background: Growing up, he had been expelled from several schools, and finally he quit school and he joined the Marine Corps. August 12, nineteen forty-two. He soon earned the rank of corporal, but was then also soon demoted to private for causing problems. And I would be interesting—I think it would be interesting to know what those problems were. He seemed to have some struggles with something anyway in his life. Well, after that, he was sent to the Marshall Islands and served in the Scout Sniper Battalion, and they would survey an area before the full complement of Marine forces would attack. Well, after several actions, his unit was sent to Saipan in June of 1944. Now, his unit came under intense enemy fire, and Marvin wounded from a shot in the butt that severed his sciatic nerve. He was actually being stretchered off the field and he was blown off the stretcher as the battle continued and found himself on the ground unable to move. And that's when a Japanese sniper zeroed in on him. In a letter to his dad he wrote about that sniper. His first shot hit my foot. His second shot was just about three inches in front of my nose. Somehow Marvin managed to convince himself to get up and run to safety. Well, he spent the next 13 months in naval hospitals because of his severed sciatic nerve. He wanted to get back in combat, but his injuries prevented that. His injuries also prevented him from re-enlisting in the Marines after the war, so he would have to settle for being a movie star. Well, the interesting thing for the story that I was researching, the assault on Saipan happened on, in June of 1944. Now, the Battle of Iwo Jima lasted from February 19th to March 26th of 1945. During the Battle of Iwo Jima, Lee Marvin was in a hospital. So, the very first fact in the story was wrong. Very wrong. So, not a real good thing if you're checking out the veracity of a story. It's entirely possible Lee Marvin lied when he told the story, but it seems unlikely. You really don't want to go on national TV a program like The Tonight Show and tell lies about your actions during the war. There would have been a rather large outpouring of comments by fellow Marines had he done that. As for the Bronze Star, some later reports I read said the Navy Cross, which would have really been impressive. Well, there was no record that Lee Marvin received that medal. So another fact bit the dust. Now, the easiest way to check the story would have been to see a broadcast of the Tonight Show of that interview. And YouTube has a lot of show segments from the Tonight Show, and I searched for several, and I found some that included Johnny Carson and Lee Marvin, but I couldn't find the discussion that this was apparently based on. Now, perhaps it just didn't make it to YouTube, or perhaps it didn't happen. I did find a TV interview with Lee Marvin on a British network, and he talked about his service in the war, and he mentioned his wound and his Purple Heart, and he did not mention Iwo Jima or Bob Keeshan. I also watched a Marine Corps training movie made in 1985, where Lee Marvin was the narrator, and he shared a little bit of his background. He mentioned the battles he had been in during World War II, and as he ended the list, he stopped with Saipan. He didn't talk about Iwo Jima or Bob keeshan So at this point, it was obvious the story was bad. And I could have quit. But like I said, I love research and I wanted to know more about the other two men in the story. So it was time to learn about Bob keeshan We know him today as Captain Kangaroo. He was born June 27, 1927. That means when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, he was 14 years old. He did graduate early from high school, and in 1945, at the age of 18, he joined the Marine Corps. Now, if you know your history, right away you should be able to see a problem. World War II ended in 1945. It's highly unlikely that an 18-year-old boy was rushed through boot camp, given the rank of sergeant, and set off to fight in a battle on Iwo Jima. The fact is... Keyshawn never left the United States. As he explained in an interview, this thing called the atom bomb was dropped, and the war was over before he ever saw combat. So Bob Keyshawn was a Marine, but he certainly was not the Marine described in the story. He did have a fascinating career working in children's television, however, and that brings up the third man in our story, Fred Rogers, and we know him from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Well, the Facebook post said that Fred Rogers was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam with several confirmed kills. Now, I knew this wasn't true because I would have heard about it had it been true, but I still wanted to know more about him. So back into research mode. Fred Rogers was born March twentieth, 1928. Now, even pushing back the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War as far as you can... It didn't even start till 1955, and the U.S. didn't get heavily involved until 1964, which would have made him a little bit old to be serving as a Navy SEAL. And then there was this thing known as his career. He began working at NBC in New York in 1951, four years before we even got involved in a small way in Vietnam. In 1954, he worked for a public television station, WQED, in Pittsburgh, And he was there for seven years. Well, that's prime Vietnam War time. In 1963, he went to work for the Canadian Broadcasting Company, producing a show called Mr. Rogers. And in 1966, he moved the show back to WQED in Pittsburgh and developed that, the show that we know as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, a show that would last until 2001, 895 episodes. How he could fit a job as a Navy SEAL into that broadcasting career is difficult to imagine. So about the only thing that even had a remote tie-in to the story is that he liked to swim. But that hardly makes him a Navy SEAL. The fact is, Fred Rogers never served in the military. So what's the point of this episode? Well, the information that we receive today about our world is often like that social media post, completely false. Sometimes there are little elements of truths in that. But there is so much that is just plain wrong. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be careful. When you receive information, and I don't care if your choice of news is the New York Times or NBC or Fox News or a podcast by Bob produced in his basement... Don't assume the facts they give you are true. Unfortunately, the journalists of our day rival the politicians of our day at spouting untruths. That's just a nice way of saying they lie. So that puts the pressure on us. We have to take responsibility for finding out what is really happening in our world. And that will take some effort on your part and on my part. So don't click the share button and pass some item along just because it agrees with your political view or because it sounds interesting. Check it out. See if it contains truth. And if it does contain truth and you still feel it's shareable, then go ahead and share it on your social media posts. And hopefully people will learn that anything you share can be trusted because you've checked it out. Okay, I'd like to end today's show with a blessing from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Until the next time we get together, be the reason someone smiles today.